Hi, my name's Dave Fulton. Oh, and my name's Bent Washburn. This is Bent Washburn. <laughs> Bent Washburn. And uh, we're both comedians, and this is our podcast, Expats. Expats means that we're Americans that don't live in America anymore. Yeah. I used to live in Utah. That's where I am from originally. Yeah, and I am originally from North Idaho, which doesn't mean anything unless you're from North Idaho. Or from Utah. Utah knows what that is. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah. <laughs> more, more Mormons per capita in Southern Idaho than Utah, actually. Yeah, there are. That's what I hear. That's what I heard all the time. Yeah. and they then, um, But now, uh, now I live in London, England, and Bent, you are in... I'm in uh, Germany, Stuttgart, Germany. Well, just south of Stuttgart, Germany. Yeah, because nobody would know, you know, if you told them where it was, they'd go, I, I know Stuttgart, but I just don't know where the other village is. Yeah, that's a good point. They might not <laughs> even know Stuttgart. It's in Germany. Yeah. Be, it's like if I tell people, I live, where, do you live in London? I said, yeah, I live in Kingston. They immediately think I've moved to Jamaica. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And if in the past, judging by your hair, I would, yeah. Getting frizzy, you know. Yeah. I would love to do the Jamaican patois, but um, I won't insult anybody by trying it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Good idea. Which, by the way, I, I read a really great book called um, The Lonely Londoners, and it's about the Windrush generation that came from the Caribbean up to Britain to rebuild it after the war. And the book is written in island patois. And when you read it, you can hear the voices, but I tried to read it out loud to my wife who was born in London, and she said, stop that. Just, no, stop. Just stop talking. Yeah, I had a bit uh, where I talk about shopping for souvenirs in Jamaica. And when I want to do any act outs of the souvenir salesman, I can't do that. I can't. I think you have to either nail it perfectly or not touch it. Or maybe just not touch it. I don't know. Can yeah. I mean, that's a, when, you, when we go to other places you know, around the globe, but, you know, sometimes you can get away with it. I mean, if you're in, if you're in the Netherlands, in Holland... You can you can kind of do the oh yes this is a very nice comedy show I like the people here you know that's that's a little bit like a Dutch accent but if you you can't yeah I'm doing shows in in Mumbai and you you can't I won't even try <laughs> no, it. Was, yeah. so doing accents has become right I assume it's become uh, wrong is it's politically incorrect in every country. Uh, in the Western world now. Is that the way it goes? or? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I uh, I used to have this bit about uh, Barack Obama and everybody getting in his face and um, and him just snapping and just going full urban, going, you best better get out of my face before something bad happens, which is a quote from uh, 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 Men in Black with Will Smith. And, oh. <clears throat> and I never thought it was, and a, a comic friend of mine goes, hey, has anybody ever told you that might be a little bit racist? And I went, no, no, never. Um, but it made me start thinking. I'm like, oh, you know, to get that self doubt thing. But um, yeah. you know, <clears throat> yeah. So, um, but then, and then around, you know, when you start doing maybe like street lingo, yeah, you can get away with a bit of it. But you know, when you're up, uh, maybe, maybe you can only do the accents of countries that are predominantly white. You know. Yeah, I think that's the case. Yeah. I yeah. know I have a friend who's a black comedian living in Germany from England, 
some, I won't even, I don't know which part. And he told me that he is quite often approached by Germans who want to bond with him by dropping the N-bomb just casually, <laughs> which backfires immediately. He, he, he just stops and says, no, no, no. <laughs> That's not weird. <laughs> yeah, he said it happens quite often here in Germany. So yeah, big smile on the face. So oh, how are you, my? Yeah, it's like no, but with the accent. So uh, oh, oh god, I don't. It's got to be strange for him that because you know part of him is just like like grossed out and kind of offended, but the other part of him has to want to laugh for for his own kind of bigoted reason at their accent. You know, yeah, saying that. Yeah, it's a crazy. Anyway, well, I remember I remember being in Berlin getting a um, a taxi ride from a black guy um who spoke spot on German and he was from um Nigeria and he lived in England for a while so we got in a chat a little bit and uh I said your German's amazing. He goes, "Yes, uh, everybody here um says that my German has a slight Nigerian accent, which is you know, you kind of like Wow, huh. Niger- Nigerian accent is kind of like I don't know you, you know that kind of thing. Yeah. So, so it must be crazy for Germans to hear a bit of the African slant on their language, not in a bad way, just kind of like, huh? huh. I, it's good for us, I think. It's good oh, for yeah. you. Oh yeah. Oh god, it, yeah. Yeah. It makes you kind of understand, you know, what you sound like when you're trying to speak. Yeah. Someone I mean, else's I'm, language. I got friends of mine in Paris that are Americans. They've been there forever, and they speak perfect French. But they get hired for voiceover dubbing because they'll have a uh, a film come through and they'll want it all be in French, but it has to be um, with an American accent because it's an American character. And um, and I said they can tell, and he went, "Oh God, yeah, yeah." So, yeah. Anyway, so I, I, regardless, hey man, um, what have we been up to today? What have, what have I been up to today? I went to a parent teacher conference. My wife and I drove over there to the parent-teacher conference and talked with my daughter's uh, teacher in the German school. She goes to the German school system. That, that's what I've done today. What about you? What did you yeah. do today? <clears throat> well, I can imagine that. Yes, your daughter's very good. <laughs> she, the teacher spoke, uh, she did it in English for us. She did nice. that in English for us. I mean, you don't want to hear my German. No one wants to hear my German. So, <laughs> especially my daughter. I I tried to say even anything, and my daughter immediately just like, "Oh, stop, Dad!" <laughs> nice, <Embarrassed>. <laughs> <laughs> so. nice, nice. Now, uh, me today. What I've been doing? Um, I've been working on a motorcycle. Um, nice. What kind? What you got to uh, tell uh, everybody? Um, I know it's old or something. I just know it's old. I've got six motorcycles. Um. Yeah, two wheels got, is it the kind of two wheels? It is two car? wheels. No, no sidecar. Uh, we call the su- suicide chair. No suicide chair. No, uh, no. This is a 1968 Norton Fastback Commando 750, and um, the only thing I understood in there is Commando, and it doesn't mean what. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> my, my hands were covered in grease just moments before all this, and um, then after get done with this, I have to work on another bike I have, which is a 1966 Triumph Bonneville. So, um, which is the best way to get around London, by the way, motorcycles, best motorcycles. Way. Oh is yeah. Is it the best way? What, it is. Why? It's just traffic jams or. Yeah. You you can split lanes and, um, and my bikes are loud so people can hear me coming. Oh, uh, okay. Well, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it, yeah. And it's public transportation is, <laughs> is, um, 
it is what it is, you know. I know we were going to initially talk about we've, we've kind of morphed into what our the other episode is, but we can we can talk about the uh, the transportation end of things now. I mean, because yeah. um, uh, compared to what we have back home, um, oh, yeah, yeah. Get, getting a motorcycle around here is uh, because the trains are so unreliable, and we're having train strikes and and all this other kind of stuff. And and uh, and where I live in Kingston, it's just off the tube line, so <clears throat> we uh, um, we have to take an overland overground train here and oh, how uh, far to where well, you get to the tube you call it the tube right the t- tube yeah it's, you that's know. like the metro or the the or subway the subway yeah. yeah i mean from from um from where we are in kingston to waterloo station which is you know central london just south of the river is about 25 minutes oh, um, that's uh that's a haul then that's quite a bit yeah you know and um and the price keeps going up and up. I, I think, uh, you know, if you get a travel card now, it's maybe under ten pounds. Um, but um, but that's off peak. I mean, if you travel before nine thirty, I think you're looking at uh, f- over fifteen pounds for for uh, one ride into. No, no, for for um, all day. Oh, for all day. So yeah. for the day, fifteen pound. Yeah, and they uh, you have uh, what's called an Oyster card, which looks like a little like a hotel key card. You just tap it and tap out. Or you could buy single, you know, single journey cards, and um, but um, and also they're they're shutting down a lot of the ticket offices, so you can't even ask anybody where can I go? What's the fastest way to get there? When when you go, if I go there and I go to buy like a day journey or what you call it, an oyster card, which is yeah. kind of like a hotel key card, and or in, like a metro card or subway card, and you right. load those up, right? You just load right. those up on right. a machine. How how user friendly is that machine? Is it Incredibly, incredibly. The Oyster card is the hands down the best way to go because, um, you know, sometimes, it, you know, you put the ticket in and it doesn't come out or you have to, yeah. they won't have ones that have a ticket on it. So the best thing is you go to, um, you go to a shop like a, 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 a convenience store or whatever that sells candy bars and beer and they'll sell you an Oyster card. And then you put, you know, good thing to do is put 20 pounds on it and, okay. um, and then, um, and then just tap in, tap out. And, and the cool thing is, is if you, let's say you're just, I'm just going to, from here to Waterloo Station and back, you know, that may be, you know, under three pounds. I mean, there's no reason for me to buy a travel card that yeah. only good for one day. I, the Oyster card is good. I mean, I've got a stack of Oyster cards from, we've given to, you know, friends and family have stopped by and I found some of them and like, oh, this one's got eight pounds on it. Oh, this one has, tw- you know, 12 pounds on it. And and if there's nothing on it, they can just reload it. That's right, right. how it's going to work. There's a machine there and I... I've only used the trains and stuff there a couple times, and I can't remember what happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and they don't expire. That's the cool thing. The one thing I can say that I did the first time I, I flew in there to join a ship down in Southampton, so I'm in London, and I went on my phone and just Googled train rides, and don't do that. <laughs> that a bad idea, because then I buy a ticket from some middleman vendor, spent too much money. It was, uh, yeah, I, I'm not going to do that again. Well, there's a um, uh, there's an app called Trainline, and um, and I use yeah. that one a lot. Um, yeah. But uh, all the other ones are, are, I mean, don't if you get on Southwest Trains or whatever, there's there's a new service that kind of takes care of the North um, company called Avanti, and they took over the market from Virgin Trains, and they are crap. Awesome. That's yeah. great. Good to know. <laughs> yeah. So the transportation there, you're saying there's lots of strikes. And it's the trains, they go everywhere, don't they? Isn't they go a lot of places, but just not 
necessarily reliable or <laughs> well they, yeah, they go a lot of places i mean they it's i you know that's the weird thing for us as americans is run into europeans is they um is you meet people who are in their 40s 50s 60s 70s who have never driven they don't have a driver's license yeah because yeah. um, and it wasn't like they were afraid of cars they just never saw the need to get one yeah and um so yeah they they just get around you know on on trains and um because everything is pretty accessible um <clears throat> the you know from i mean from lands in cornwall all the way up to um john O'Groats up in the north end of scotland you can pretty much get a train all the way there one way or the another uh, which is cool, you know, and also it supposedly cuts down on traffic, but traffic here is like, it's insane. Is it really insane? Well, it can, it can be depending on the hour, depending on the hour. Yeah. And, um, I mean, I've, you know, I, I've never been anywhere where you're on an eight lane highway, you know, four lanes going either way. And both, both sides are stopped like a parking lot. Just, just stop in the early afternoon. Yeah. German, German trains are, they're reliable. They're really pretty reliable and they go most places between the trains and the buses you can get just about anywhere but people still own cars at least where we are this very common and the right. autobahn is crammed there really? are so many trucks and cars germany has become like the crossroads of just goods that make their way from you know after the wall came down and then uh, the baltic states started manufacturing again in poland and they become industrial centers now there's goods going back and forth north to south and they use those German, the Autobahn, and there are trucks crammed on there like crazy. See, when we think of Autobahn, yeah, I think what Americans and me, we think of Autobahn, we think of going 150 miles an hour in a Mercedes or, or a Porsche. Yeah. You know. And it happens. That still happens on stretches. Right. There's stretches where the, the limit the, the limit drops. There's a legal, there's a limit of uh, liability. If you go over 130 kilometers an hour and you get in an accident, then you're liable. But you're you're allowed to drive over that. You won't get a ticket. So it still happens, but it's just not everywhere. Most of the times, there's just too many cars and trucks. You just you couldn't do it. Oh wow, wow. Yeah. <clears throat> you know when they first put the first highway here, uh, the M1, which went straight out of the top of um, London up to the north, there was no speed limit on it. And, um, and what happened was a guy got on there with an AC Cobra, you know, like the, the Shelby Cobra. Yeah. And, um, with a, a big, you know, Ford V8 engine in it. And he went like 140 miles an hour, 160 miles an hour. And the government kind of went, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> <laughs> we can't do that. Yeah. yeah. We thought, we thought if you were going to break the speed limit, you'd go maybe five or 10 over, you know, ah, we, didn't, we didn't know you were going to double it, you know? <laughs> yeah. that. They, people go easily 140 here all the time. That's very common. But if you're traveling here, I would say you can, using the trains and all that stuff, you can do it, but that where you go to buy your tickets and all that, there's a lot of it's in German. And you just have to know to just look for the little British flag. You hit that, it turns it into English, and then uh, it'll still be confusing, but you'll be okay. Yeah, yeah I saw that when I was in Brussels and... And the Netherlands and France, there's always that little British flag thing. Yeah. And um, though it's always funny, I remember being in Paris years ago and getting some stuff for the metro. And there's an American woman looking at the machine. She's the British flag. And she goes, where's the American flag? (laughs) (laughs) 
I can't yeah. speak British, and he, and you know what's great about that is because I've been living here long enough. Most yeah. of the time, I just walk away. Did you didn't help her? You didn't. No, no. <laughs> she was. If you look around and you see the other people looking at the people in disgust, you just kind of like, okay, you, you've already you've made your bed. But if if people are very kind of quiet about it, then I mean, I remember getting off the tube one time at um, Lesser Square Station. And there was a there was a family going, and it was great because the kids are doing the navigating, and they're like, "Okay, mom, we have to get off here, and they get on another train to get over to Covent Garden." And I, and I kind of leaned in and went, you know, I'd, I'd been on a couple stops with my Lena, and said, "No, get off here, get off here, and walk <laughs> to Covent Garden. It's it's way faster. You don't have to worry about this." And they go, "Really? Oh, yeah, trust me." And they're like, "Oh, thanks." And like, you never saw me, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Just helping people anonymously. Yeah. Well, when they're rude and loud, I guess, like, where's the American flag? I guess that, that's a bit much. Yeah, you know. And I mean, I, have you done shows where you had Americans in the crowd? Me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah here, well, of I, course, because you're military yeah, base. Yeah. 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 And even, even all these cities, when I'm doing expat shows, there's, there's usually a couple. Well, no, that's not true. I was just recently in Strasbourg in a little basement of a bar for a crowd of, no, there were Americans there. Yeah, there were three Americans. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was just up in Glasgow and the, um, and I flew there, <clears throat> by the way. Um, I mean, there's a train to Glasgow. It takes about five and a half hours. And with the train strikes, I just, you know, and, and the flight's 50 minutes. So, uh, and I'm 20 minutes from Heathrow and it's free parking for motorcycles. So it's plus, plus, plus. And, and um, so, yeah, my first night there at a really great club there called The Stand. It's one of my favorite clubs. Um, and uh, so there was an American in the crowd, and he was from Texas. And um, so uh, and the MC asked him, did you come here for an abortion? Because it's the closest place. Yeah. <laughs> did he? Yeah. No, he said no. And he, and he, yeah, what was great, he goes, oddly enough, no. And um, <laughs> Well, it's a guy, for one. Yeah, I mean, I'm just making an assumption. Yeah, exactly. And, and then they, and he asked him, well, you know, what are you studying? Are you, he goes, well, I'm a student. I go, oh, okay. What are you studying? And he goes, uh, literature. And I uh, goes, okay, what's your favorite book? And uh, he goes, the things they carried. And I was in the back going, wow. Wow. And because um, I've read that book. <laughs> and uh, so, and then, of course, MC had no idea. He was a Scottish guy going, you know, it has to, does it have to do with shopping? You know, kind of thing. <laughs> and uh, He's a good so, MC. That's yeah, funny. <laughs> he, he was, yeah, his name's uh, Stu Murphy. He's amazing. That's so, funny. <laughs> so he, uh, I get on stage and I said, I said, did you say the things we carried? He went, yeah. And I go, the book about Vietnam and the PTSD. Yeah. And he went, yeah. And I go, that is a phenomenal book. And he goes, it's one of my favorite. And I got written by Tim O'Brien. And, uh, and I go, and the crowd's looking at me, and I'm like, sorry, I know. You're all confused because two Americans are talking about literature. <laughs> yeah. Well. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, uh, not, to, not to disappoint those people's expectations, is Glasgow's in – Scotland, right? Right. Okay, good. I, I was just going to make a guess. <laughs> well, for the listeners, they need to, you know, they might not know Glasgow. Well, it's, 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 it's Glasgow, not Glasgow. Oh, and, Gla Glasgow. Glasgow. Yeah, it's Glasgow, Scotland. If What's you're in, If you're Montana, it's Glasgow. Well, I'm Utah, so it's Glasgow. Right. But, and German, so it's Glas Glasgow. But what, what's it like up in that city? It's a lot of like stone, old stone architecture. Like I saw Edinburgh. How old is the city? Glasgow. Well, I mean, I, um, I don't know. I mean, Glasgow is, um, 
It's a big industrial town. I mean, Edinburgh has the um, uh, has the castles and the history and yeah. And um, I mean, Edinburgh is a great town. Don't get me wrong. The best time to go to Edinburgh is not during the Fringe Festival. Yeah, that's packed. I've been there during Fringe, and it yeah, was it's great. crazy. And they have a part of Edinburgh called the New Town, which is still like you know three hundred years old. Um, <laughs> yeah, and it's called New Town because in the old town they had such a a um, a huge run of like the plague and the you know the Black Death that they um, they just paved over it. Oh, did yeah. they? Yeah, you could you could do these tours and go down underneath the streets and see where the original shop fronts were, and people who were dying of the death, they just kind of lived their lives down there till they died, and then and the new town, anybody had money, they just built up the new town. And what's also funny about Scotland is the uh, the British, in a way, to get taxes out of people, they would tax people in accordance to how many windows they had in their house. Oh, I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> so you would see these buildings all over all over Scotland where there was a window, but it's now bricked in. To, to to lower their tax bill. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah I've but, heard of this stuff. And like faucets, they tax you for so many faucets. Is that right? Or indoor, oh, yeah. outdoor taps, just all sorts of things. Oh, it was crazy, crazy. And then, um, then and but Glasgow is a great town. I mean, Glasgow is also the home of Rennie McIntosh, which was an amazing designer um, who I think was a big influence on the American architect Frank, Frank Lloyd Wright. And oh. um yeah, I mean, you know, Rennie is amazing, and then, um, and then also Glasgow is kind of the step-off point to go north, further north, up to Fort William, which is where Ben Nevis is, which is the highest point in in the UK. Ben, and what's it called, Ben Ben Ben, ben Nevis? Nevis. Um, yeah, B I B E N N E V I S. And so, if um, someone went to Glasgow, that that would be that trip you you do a road trip up to there, I'd assume. Yeah, I, it's a, it's yeah. another four hours up there. Um, but um, and it's there's an easy walk up. You come up if you come up the, um, the south side of Ben Nevis, you know you can get up and off the thing in a day because the mountains here in the UK time is yeah. just beat, beating the hell out of them. So, um, but the north face of Ben Nevis is some of the most iconic ice climbs I've ever done. I you know did a climb called Point Five Gully a few years back, and it, and for me Scotland was the birthplace of modern ice climbing, which is what I'm into, and it's just it, the the sites are amazing. I mean, there's no trees. It's all like heather and a low scrub brush. So, you know, when you when you see movies like you know, like Highlander or whatever, and you like, does it really look like that? Yeah, it really looks like that. You know? Oh yeah, I mean, you're just talking, and I'm hearing that flute. What's that flute instrument that's always in the background when they show the landscape? Oh, <laughs> in <yeah>. Scotland, <laughs> I, 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 think called, I think it's called a flute, Ben. A flute. The, okay, um, it's called the flute. Yeah, yeah. the flute. I'm hearing that right now. <laughs> yeah, or you know, like a recorder or something like that. Yeah, but um, but yeah, and and then once you get up to Scotland, it's um, even though you know there's all these things you like the whiskey trail and all this, and there's still massive transport. It's like it's not like if you get up there and you're like, oh, I want to do the whiskey trail, or I want to, you know, get up to um, uh, see you know uh, the Loch Ness monster or whatever. You don't have to rent a car. I mean, there's trains that will take you right there. And um, or buses even will take you right there. But if you're really adventurous, you can walk Hadrian's Wall, which oh, is yeah. yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's the wall that separates Scotland from England. Yeah, and um, yeah, they built it to um, to fight off the is it the Visigoths and the and the yeah, uh, it was originally a Roman wall, right? Yeah, yeah, it was a Roman yeah. wall. That's right, it was a Roman wall. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So and it's still there. I mean, you know, yeah, it's it's kind of it's that's that's the great thing about. 
you know, going out to places like Europe and, and whatnot, as you see, see some of the, I mean, over here in the UK, we still have the original Roman roads. Um, oh yeah. Yeah. And, huh. um, and I know the Romans got up into Germany as well. Did the Romans, Romans drive on the left side or the right side? Who <laughs> started that nonsense? Well, they, that sounds like a good trip. That's a good trip. Like Clas, Glasgow, see Hadrian's Wall, and go up the top, whatever that mountain was that you said. Yeah, ben That's Nivis. what I would do. Yeah. And Nivis. That would be awesome. Know, by the way, one of the reasons they drive, as we Americans say, the wrong side of the road over here, the reason they drive on, you know, the steering wheels on the right side is that's how all wagons and buckboards, all that kind of stuff, was everybody would drive teams of horses on the right side. And they so did. and so when they would, um, as I understand, so when th- things evolved into becoming cars, the Brits went, well, I'm already on the right side. Let's put the steering wheel on the right side. Just and, because uh, that's where they're used to sitting when they would work a team of horses. Yeah, yeah exactly. And America oh. had we America had um, right-hand drive cars for a while, too, and they eventually moved over to the left. And I don't know why. But uh, yeah, they we've did. We've got to research that. I think for the next episode, we've got to figure out what the history of that, what happened. And you <laughs> know, I, I think it was Sweden, my dad was telling me. Sweden used to drive on the left side of the road. And then they said, okay, we're going to stop this because all the countries around us drive on the right side. So as of Monday, everybody has to drive on the right side. I mean, they literally just switched, flipped a switch and went, everybody's on the other side of the road. Man, the one person that didn't get the word, that had to be a weird day. Yeah, because there's always that guy that didn't – he didn't – was it – is it Monday we move our clocks yeah, ahead yeah. of the hour? Oh, you know, that guy's going out and like, wait, am I having a stroke? What, is everybody driving on the wrong side of the street? That'd be yeah. very strange. Yeah, and the one thing he's laying in his hospital bed is like, hey, at least I set my clocks ahead of <laughs> an hour. Yeah. Well, that's so, Glasgow. Oh, no, that sounds interesting. So that's that's the thing that I um I, I kind of miss about in America. I mean, you know, riding a motorcycle, it's pretty easy to ride on either side of the road. But and I drive, I drive a car here in the in the UK. But I'm 23 years, I'm still not used to it. So I, I really, if we're going to get into what we miss about America, man, I, I miss I miss driving on the right side of the road. You know? Yeah, I yeah. miss I miss just driving on roads with big, wide emergency lanes and giant parking spaces, just lots of room. You know, yeah. here it's always so tight. I'm tired of going into to park a car in a garage and it's just, you have to do like a six point turn to get your, and it's a Corolla. It's not like it's a big car. <laughs> so I miss that. I, I do miss the extra space. Yeah, I, I <laughs> do. I um, And it's so much easier, by the way, to parallel park when the, when you're driving on the right side of the road. I mean, yeah, you think about it. If you think about it in a car, the steering wheel's on the right side. Now you have to parallel park. Yeah. Yeah. That's a kind of, yeah, it's just weird. And also if you have a, you know, standard shift and you're shifting with your left hand. No, yeah, I can't do that. I wouldn't be able to do that. No, no, it's, it's just wrong. Though that being said, my, my Norton, now I've got a, I've got a Harley and, you know, and the, the foot shifts on the, on the left side. I've got a, um, I got a '66 um, Triumph Bonneville, and the foot shifts on the right side, and yeah. the, and the shift pattern. Typically on motorcycles, it's like one up and four down, and one up three down. And so on the Triumph, it's on the left side, it's one up, 
Yeah, no, this one, is all one, right. Get, this is impossible. This no, is, on, on yeah. a triumph, it's it's one down and uh, and three up. <laughs> and on my Norton, it's one up and three down. Yeah, that's no. No, Dave, that's uh, too much for me. Right out of the gate, can't do it. So yeah, it's 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 um, it's like chewing gum and walking at the same time while juggling. It's worse than that. I think it's even worse. <laughs> well, my daughter, my daughter just walked in from school. So all right. Well, um, yeah, my wife just walked in. Um, so uh, I'm gonna grab a uh, I'm gonna grab a cheese sandwich. She took her she took my mother in law to the hairdresser, and um, so uh, my mother in law is gonna be 98 this year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. She, she was born in Wales. I think it has something to do with it. That's pretty old. I'm and say. by the way, there's no like cutoffs for health here. I mean, they do everything. Of course, a couple of years ago, the um, my wife goes, well, I got to take my mom in to get some implants. And I said, isn't she a bit old for that? <laughs> no. <laughs> you, don't, you don't just let yourself go. You got to keep things up. All Tur- right. It turns out it was <laughs> dental implants. All right, man. All right, Dave. I'll uh, I'll talk to you again soon, bud. Yep. Talk to you later. Bye. Thanks for thanks for listening. <laughs>